the message is that when you're willing to devote yourself to you, when you decide to walk in service of yourself first and foremost, you are worthy of everybody's worthy of God like. Yeah. And then we get to be able to have the strength to create the life that we all deserve, regardless of everything that's gone on in our lives. Welcome, welcome to P.S. I Love Me, the podcast. I am your host, Gina Swire, international self-love expert, coach, author, and manifesting queen. And I am on a mission to help a billion women fall madly in love with themselves and get everything they want in their life. And that, my friend, includes you. This podcast is for down-to-earth women who love spirituality, manifesting, and laughing at life's challenges. And remember, with self-love, anything is possible. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Yes I Love Me podcast and today I have a beautiful guest and this guest um, was an absolute, we were sharing between us on social media on Instagram one day, some, I think it was something I'd shared, sparked something in our guest and then we had this beautiful exchange back and forth And immediately I was like, we have to have you on the podcast. Everyone needs to hear this message. So Grace is with us today. And Grace is, well, what I know of Grace is that she's been on this huge, 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 super inspiring journey and is now working with women on meditation and spirituality and specifically around the Mary Magdalene womb healing path which is so so powerful so welcome grace hi <laughs> so good to be here <laughs> exciting um, we actually we actually have a mutual friend who's like my like childhood boy mate joe who i've been around the world with been to burning man with and uh, grace used to date his brother that's how we yeah that's how we kind of are connected and but we've never actually met in person that I know of no I think we may have met once but it we're talking like probably eight or nine years ago wow I'm sure I have met you once but yeah if I haven't I've met you in other lives, of course. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Like we just recognize each other's souls. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's really great that, um, you know, even though we have that connection, it's just, it's it's so amazing how it comes back around like nearly 10 years later. It's wild. Here we are. And our souls already knew it 10 years ago, but we didn't yet as our humans. <laughs> So cute. So Grace, um, do you want to start by kind of talking a bit about how you've got to where you're at now? Like, where were you before? Where are you now? What's What's been going on in Grace's world? Yeah, of course. I'd love to share. Um, trying to keep it as, um, you know, simple and nourishing as possible. I will start off with 
uh, my childhood because it's a massive part to play in my journey and um, obviously it's gotten me to where I am, who I am um, and so my childhood was very chaotic, um, it was abusive in many different ways in terms of spirituality, financially, physically, mentally um, and I grew up um with no control over anything so there were so many things I had to work through as a child mentally and physically and you know as a child the one thing that got me through that was prayer and um belief and hope and also um physically move my body was a really big thing that I used to do to get rid of the trauma I was facing and that was all kind of natural but I always knew I had guides with me guiding me um my family are quite tuned in especially on my mom's side more so so it was a really rough journey from age five up until about 17. I had my first job when I was about 13. Um, and at that point I was living, you know, pretty much on my own, had to learn how to do a lot on my own. Um, and so I sort of developed this really not masculine, but I developed a very, very independent way of living from very, very young. And the way that I saw my mom treated was something that I decided I never wanted to see again. And I never wanted to ever be that, that you know, in that type of situation. So when I could, as soon as I could, I wanted to work to gain you know more control over my own finances and things like that and as soon as I had opportunities to take back my life you know I just grabbed them and so um I also grew up with um sisters and a younger brother and one of my sisters um had cystic fibrosis so that was pretty hard growing up to see her in and out of hospital quite a lot um, and it was something, again, that I had to build coping mechanisms to deal with the fact that, you know, we didn't know how she was, you know, going to be in and out of hospital because she caught a cold having cystic fibrosis, you know, it was, it was pretty deadly. So there was big, big strains. Um, there was a lot of religious, um, spiritual kind of energy growing up as well. And so there was a lot that I saw from very young, which I'm very grateful for. And I've done so much forgiving moving on from that. Like I absolutely love everybody that was involved in my childhood, even the people that um, were abusive. Like I still love them dearly. Um, but, you know, it led me on a path where as soon as I was able to spread my wings and leave, I did. And I was like... I just need to forget about my whole childhood and create a new life. Like that was my aim to basically just ignore it. <laughs> and that's what I did. So I went off to uni and studied and traveled a little bit. And then um, we hit like a big recession 
and I couldn't get a job. And so I started modeling and I was in London at this point. Started modeling and it was mainly like lingerie and zoo and nuts and glam modeling and all of those page three kind of um, modeling days. There was not really any social media about or anything like that. So yeah, it was kind of like the popular thing to do. And at this point, you know, I didn't know who I was at all. I don't think we do at that age anyway, but for me, it was also about fitting in because I never really fitted in at school or at home. So there was parts of me that just really wanted to be loved, really wanted to be liked, had loads of friends, was doing this job. Um, And then there's a really interesting part of this story, actually, that a lot of women might resonate with. Um, And I had a boyfriend at that time who had ended up cheating on me. And he cheated on me with a model. And she was and is beautiful, like just gorgeous. And I realized now I've looked back and done all the work around this, that my path then that I was led on was due to my own insecurities and jealousy. It ended up not being about the man anymore. It was about this woman wound. It was about me versus her. Who can be better? Who can do it better? Mm-hmm. And that energy that wounded feminine energy I had actually led me down a deeper path of destruction because I was being led through anger and rage and jealousy and insecurities and like I said it wasn't about him anymore it was about me wanting to be better than her Mm -hmm. and um So, yeah, I ended up doing these modeling jobs and, um, yeah, it was, it was okay. It was kind of all I knew the money was okay. And I was in London and then the agency had said to me and a few of the girls, you know, work isn't so great right now. The magazines aren't really working anymore. They're not selling and it's going digital. So we are offering you a job, a babe station. And it's daytime, so it's, it is clean chat. And we're going to take 20%. But if you don't join, we're going to take you off our books. So there was part blackmail there going on. And, you know, I was a young girl in London. And I was like, okay, at this point, okay, let's, let's, let's roll with it. There was a few of us, so we were winning it together. And then, um, yeah, we had training around, you know, how to talk, you know, what we could and couldn't say, a lot of psychology in the training as well with the people that that rang up. And um, and then that developed into a nighttime. <laughs> so I went on to more of the, the dirty, sexy chat. Um, and then it just became life for like three years, just became life um the money was really really good there was there was a sisterhood I felt like I belonged I felt adored by men um I felt sexy at times there was so many amazing things in that job that I you know faced but there was so much darkness as well um and it led me into 
more insecurity, if anything, um, and more lack of trust in men and the world, <laughs> basically. Um, so I decided, I don't know why I had this spark of energy, but I was like, I can't stay here. I, I'm going to set up a swimwear company because that's what I want to do. So I'm going to save all this money and I'm gonna, just going to do it. Um, and that's what I did. And then that's obviously when I met um, my ex-partner um, or one of my ex-partners. And, and then we got together and, um, and then I ended up eventually leaving and um, creating the company. And, and then that went pretty, pretty big, pretty fast. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, it was a journey. Um, the, I had no business skills and I was definitely still operating from a, I don't need anyone to help me mode in this wounded energy. Didn't even want my boyfriend at the time to really help me. Um, and I became kind of fixated on creating a life that I thought was going to set me free, set me free from my past, set me free from my childhood, set me free from my old job. And, and then I started to feel shame. And as I got older, it kind of started to develop into episodes of depression. Um, and I would have like episodes maybe three times a year, really bad episodes. And I remember thinking this isn't normal or this isn't okay. Like, I, you know, something's up. Um, but I wasn't close to my family at the time. And, you know, it was, I'd cultivated a life that I didn't fit into. It wasn't my authentic self. It was what I thought I felt safe in. And actually I didn't. So I really had no one to turn to. Mm. How, how old were you at this point? Just um, When this started becoming... When it started coming up to my awareness, I was about 26. Um, and when I started to realize my episodes were coming up, I knew it was to do with my childhood. Um, and I knew it was to do with the shame I'd felt in my old job and at times where I'd had flings with men and, um, you know, validated love through sex and sexual exchange and all those things that it was the only way I knew how to love, you know, through sex. It was the only way I knew how to give love and receive it. So it was um, a shame that I had around that as well. Mm. And um, yeah, I was, I was quite alone even in the life that I built. And, you know, not due to anyone around me at the time or it was it was purely based on just the journey. Right. And um, and then I remember I went away one year and I met a friend and I was in a club and uh, this drink got spilled on like my pale dress and I went mad like I lost my shit <laughs> and I never lose my shit. But this really annoyed me. And um, my friend tapped me on the shoulder and he said, will you just look around the club for a moment? And I looked around and he said, is anybody looking at you? And I said, um, nope, everyone's just having a good time. And he was like, your dress doesn't matter. Like, we love you. That's all that matters. And in that moment, 
my life changed. His pimples, <laughs> earth angel, who's that person? <laughs> and then I went to the toilet to wipe my dress and I remember just looking in the mirror and I was like, who are you? Who are you? Like this, you're not you. This isn't you. I was around friends at the time that were not my friends. I was around... You know, I was in a partnership that wasn't aligned. I was in social circles that were not healthy for me. And I was just like, wow. And so I remember I got home and my partner at the time was like, what's wrong with you? Like, and I was just like, I don't know. And so I decided to start meditating. And so one morning I was like, right, I'm just going to try this. Just going to try it. I was 27 at the time. And I sat in the bath and I put some music on. I'd never done it before. I locked the door because no one could disturb me. I didn't want to tell anybody I was doing it because you get called weird and things if I ever spoke about it. And, um, and then I got visited by my three angel guides and they took me to Hawaii and they started teaching me how to heal my body, how to heal my mind. Started teaching me different um, methods of meditation, different healing practices. Um, and I just went back to them every morning for an hour every day. And I just let them teach me. And there was times in that bath where I was just like, if anyone could see me right now, <laughs> it was a mess. Um, but I trusted in that and I knew it was really special. And then that's when the spiritual journey like truly began um, from, from that moment. And then, uh, and then life did a bit of a 360. Um, I found out my partner was actually having an affair with my friend. And um, that devastated me because it was it was betrayal from a friend and my partner. So it was a real wake up. Um, and then, you know, I avoided things. I stopped my meditation a little bit, ended up in quite a vulnerable, toxic relationship. Um, started drinking again, started kind of craving that sexual love again. And uh, went into a really deep, deep depression and ended up losing the company, um, losing my money. I left my house. I just walked away from that. Um, and then I lost a baby and then I lost my sister in about six months. Christ. So it was like... It was like a massive like door slam. <laughs> um, but I knew change was coming. I'd had dreams uh, that were warning me and um, really vivid dreams. And then I was so depressed. I was like, I've got two choices. Like, I'm either not going to be here or I've got to just do something and the only thing I knew was to turn back to meditation and, and you know spirit God so that's what I did and I just dived into it 
and and I never looked back. It was it was a devotion done done deal, a deal a deal with God to be like, okay, I'm now in service to you because I actually don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. So lead me, and um, you know, lead me back onto my authentic path that I knew as a child I already had. It was already there, wow. and so that's that's how I'm here now and it's just been led and you know managed to get out of some deep suicidal depression through meditation which is great thank goddess for (laughs) for you and for all of this and all of these like flashing beacons on your path yeah thank you for sharing that wow so powerful to listen to and receive and wow like so many things within that grace like firstly I didn't know a lot of that and we have so many parallels like you know you saying about making the pact at the beginning like I'm never gonna let a man treat me like this I'm gonna make my own money I'm gonna be radically responsible you know all of that that that, everything you were saying I was like yep that was me yep 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 all of this all of this universe is so interesting how these things play out and then obviously all the modeling and the this and think getting yeah. through the, this and you know all the different things yeah um yeah so you mentioned that you forgave everyone in your family mm-hmm. and I'm curious how did you do that what did you do specifically yeah so Mainly it was obviously around, the focal was around my caregiver who, uh, my mom's partner at the time, and working around him and how I could forgive. There was many methods I tried to use um, and did use, mainly through meditation and also the... um, the different rituals of forgiveness is a Hawaiian forgiveness technique. Um, I always, I don't even know if I'm going to say this right, but Honoponopono. <laughs> oh, every time I say it, I'm like, that was really powerful. Um, mainly I went within and I asked my guides to just show me how to keep letting go and forgiving and and be able to find the compassion mostly so i started to look at like i'd adopted a mindset being so young to look past people's bad behavior because mm-hmm. if i didn't look past people's bad behavior i wouldn't have been able to survive as a child i had to see the good in everything to be able to get through every day because it wasn't like a one-time thing for me that happened. It was a continuous from age five to 17. So I had to find the light in everybody to be able to move through it. And that has been a blessing and a curse in so many ways. But the forgiveness was, it was really strange because it did so much healing. I'd done a plant uh, ceremony with, it was a feminine plant called San Pedro. And when I did that ceremony, I just had to find compassion in everything because I had a family that had a sick child. I 
had to find compassion with alcohol abuse that, you know, that actually directly cuts you off from your brain. So people do make choices and decisions from that place that are not of the highest, you know, you know, value. And so I looked, I dissected things and I looked at where there were things playing out that were perhaps not conscious, full conscious decisions that were being made that were that were hurting us. And I remember one day, I was just like, I'm just so fed up of hating this man <laughs> that the only thing I can do is to just start a game. Yeah. And love. And so it was a matter of forgiving from the very beginning. And it's difficult forgiveness because people say I can't, but I can't forgive, but I can forget. Yeah. But I believe it's the opposite. You know, we can we can forget what happened if yeah. we want to. We don't have to hold that memory. We can be okay with that memory, but we must forgive. Otherwise, we're giving our power away. Yeah. And um, I remember one day I was um, – I'd made the decision I'm, I'm ready to see him. I hadn't seen him since I was like 18, and my I saw him at my sister's funeral. Um but I hadn't seen him and I was like, I I need to go and tell this man like how he made me feel, but that I love him, that I still love him. And I want to forgive him because I want to set him free. I want to set him free from the things that he may have done that he's still holding on to. I want to be able to give us all, the whole family, like a, a fresh slate because it's someone's choice. <laughs> And so that's what I did. And I remember driving there with no warning. I didn't tell him. And the door was open. Front door was open. And, um, yeah, we just had the conversation. And, um, you know, he apologized, which I never expected. I had no expectations. And we hugged. And it was really beautiful. But I did a lot of, you know, inner healing work with mentors and coaches to forgive those those things. And what I realized with a lot of them, there was so many layers that there was there was forgiveness for my mom as well that I had to have for, you know, for the, for the situation. So it takes time when you want to forgive someone, right? It's it's a it's a long process and we've got to be patient with ourselves. It doesn't just happen. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Okay, great. That's great to hear. So what I'm hearing in that is that you basically even as a youngster had an intention to forgive. You didn't really necessarily know how, but you asked your guides to show you the way, help you release. And then you also had support with that. And then you like took action. I guess once you'd harmonized it within yourself, then you took the aligned action on the outside. That's a really powerful process that you actually intuited, I guess, through your meditation. And yeah, I think it's really powerful for our listeners to listen to this because maybe there is something I mean for me there was a lot of non-forgiveness and that's like the first chapter of my book is about forgiveness because it was just so hard and even when I thought I'd forgiven 
and then the year after there was another layer of forgiveness and even now there's another layer of forgiveness you know and every time we get our power back and it sets us free so thanks for for sharing that good one (laughs) sharing that with you as well I think forgiveness is yeah it is such a, a a process and yeah for anyone listening just to know to be patient with it and to to ask for support as well from your from your spirit team even if you don't have a spirit team just ask the light to guide you because ultimately that will pave the way of your your brightest clearest path Mm, Um, yeah and you know if I say God in, you know, God, like source, universe, whatever anybody wants to say God is, but God doesn't shut the door and anybody who's willing to forgive. No way. Like God does not do that. You know, God will help give you this, the, the strength inside to be able to walk out of your shadows. Mm. So just asking for God, like source is, is really powerful. Yeah. And it's surrendering. It's surrendering to a higher power. It's like, I'm just a human. I don't necessarily know what the fuck I'm doing, but maybe God does. Oh, let's see. You know, it hands it over. You get to relax, handing it up the line, handing it over that. And then you're in manifestation as well, because while you're in this like low frequency of like grudge, um, holding on to things like clinging on not knowing what to do with it like it all being just going round in your body like over and over again for years and years and years which most people do carry this to the grave mm. instead of that you give it up out of your body and then you are free to manifest from that place of surrender that's how it works the one thing I say to my client, the one thing I say to my clients is like imagine you're in a room this all these energies how does this person make you feel like bring all those words into this room and it's a pretty dark room right when those they're flying around and I say there's a door in front of you you know and there's a key in that door like that's visualize that door right now like you have the key to open and walk out of that room Mm. And, and even that visualization is really powerful just to, just to visualize and walk through a new door. Mm. But so many people don't realize that that door is there and it's already, you know, open. <laughs> and it's 11, 11, it's 11, oh. this doors open, ladies and gentlemen, it's 11, 11 in Austin. So just know that was a very cosmic moment. Um, wow. Okay, great. So one of the things I know we're going to, we're going to come on to the, the womb magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple of other things I want to just ask you quickly. When you were saying, you know, and I, I didn't fit in at school. I didn't, I didn't feel like I fit in. I didn't really fit in with this. I didn't really feel like I found it. I just, did you not fit in or did you feel you didn't fit in? Yeah, I think, I think that I didn't feel like I fit in. So when I um, when I first, honestly, so many people are like, "Gosh, did you not get a break?" <laughs> when I went to school, I remember from primary school, I was bullied by a boy to the point where he even put a plastic bag over, bag over my head and tried to suffocate me. He broke my nose and my finger. Until one day I punched him in the face and he never did it again. 
So I had a really tough time with being bullied by this boy. Um, and it kind of made me a little bit, again, like <laughs> angry. It made me angry at how life was, but also so defensive. Um, I was in constant fight or flight at school and at home. So my only escape was I literally just tried to leave the house as much as I could, go to the forest or, or do um, sports. And then when I got to secondary school, um, I had a crush on this one boy. He was like the popular boy. And I'd gone into secondary school. So it was new people, had a fresh start to make new friends. I met some friends who I'm still friends with now from year seven. And I had this fling with this boy. And I remember like I we were we were all like drunk at the park one night. And um I ended up doing something with him, something sexual. I didn't have sex with him, but I did something sexual with him. And he never told me he had a girlfriend. So when she found out, I then started getting bullied again. And this time it was not by the boys, obviously, it was by a, it was by her and her friends. Um, so it was really hard because this sexual experience I had, I blamed myself. And it then again made me have another attachment to sex and men and hurt and pain and women not liking me. And then they started to beat me up. So I had to leave school, I had to go to another school. And so I didn't feel like I fit in at all. But I also blamed myself because of what I did with this boy. And so the shame was there from very, very young. Um, I think I was about 13. So the shame around sex or sexual energy was really young. And then I didn't bother with men until I was 18 because it just absolutely traumatized me that I, I, if I do something, I'm going to get hurt. Yeah. I'd seen my mom get hurt through it. And then I had a friend who also was going through something who'd, who'd you know, a, a situation with an older man. And yeah, there was so much going on. So at school, I just didn't feel like I was accepted, but predominantly because the boy fancied me. You know, and it's kind of that uh, woman wound again that um, that come, comes up. And I know a lot of women resonate with this. And I think if you're a pretty girl, regardless of how old you are, if you're a pretty little girl or a pretty teenager, you get attention from when you are tiny. And, um, and a lot of people don't realize that there is work to do around that. I've had to do a lot of healing work around the way I look because you can't help the way you look. <laughs> and you're always going to attract men and women and men with wives or men with girlfriends, even if it's just a glimpse of an eye, you know, there's nothing you can actually do about that. And I'm very grateful for, you know, what I've been blessed with. Um, but there's also ways that it's had to be harnessed and also I've had to learn not to dim myself but to hold myself in 
you know, whatever power that is. And that's taken a long, long time. Absolutely. Because uh, like, you know, for anyone listening, they might be like, oh, poor you to models whinging about how you look. Like also there is stuff to be done around this and looking a certain way from a very young age and being constantly praised for the way you look only, you know, other kids might be praised for how intelligent they are or how well behaved they are or how whatever. Like the only thing we we are hearing, isn't she beautiful? Oh, isn't she pretty? Oh, she's going to be a heartbreaker when she grows up. <laughs> she's going to be a heartbreaker. Oh, yeah. Thanks for that spell. Broke a million <laughs> hearts over the years. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's a big one. I I had a friend at school and she said to me, she was a bigger girl. And she said to me one, she was crying, she was upset. And I, I was always friends with the, you know, not going to say the geeks, but the, 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 the nerdy bunch. I loved hanging out with the nerds. Like that was more me. Um, and I always had everyone's back. Like I would always stick up for people who, other people who have been bullied. And I remember she was sad one day and I was comforting her and she said, it's okay for you because you're going to get through life way easier because you're pretty. And that stuck with me for a long time because sure, I'm not going to lie. There are opportunities that I've had in my life that have come from emanating, you know, what aesthetically the world sees as beautiful. Um, But also I've been really attacked from it as well. So there's so many layers of the beauty and the modeling and, and that because we can't stop ourselves from being who we are. And um, that's, that's the, that's the hardest thing. I think that's, that's been the the challenge around beauty um, is accepting, you know, that there's nothing you can, you can do about it and to just embrace it and be as authentic as you can with how you move with it, you know, because I was moving with my darker Mm. feminine energy, my wounded feminine energy for a long, long time. My serpent was not imbalanced. It was not connected with the dove. It was not mature. It was just completely wild. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I'm uh, well remember when we were talking on Instagram and it I remembered what it was now it was because I'd been asked to model at London Fashion Week which I didn't actually end up doing but I was like super happy to be asked because I've not I quit modeling nearly 10 years ago and you came back and said oh my god a psychic told me that Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be modeling again and we were both like no it's not who we are it's who we used to be da 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 and then we kind of were like um I'd had this download about how, you know, maybe we do need to go back into those industries to bring this light, to bring this new way of being, because there is so much darkness in those industries. And it is so, you know, if I knew what I knew now and you knew what you knew now, and we got to be that person, like I would slay at modeling now because I'm so much more magnetic. Then I was literally like, my inner world was in pieces. I was 
manifesting from a place of I'm not worthy, I'm not good looking enough, I'm this, I'm that, I'm not enough of this, I'm too much of that. And I didn't fully understand the magnetism of the universe, but yet still slayed at it. Like I know now if I went back, I'd be like cleaning up at that. And I wouldn't be competing with anyone, which it kills your magnetism. Kills it. Kills oh. magnetism. Yeah, I fill you with competitiveness. I had to work on that a lot. My competitiveness mm. from when I again from when I was as young as I can remember. Um, but I totally agree. I think that more awareness in that industry is most certainly needed. I know it's gone very digital now, and I know looking, you know, you know the the beauty of what's out there and the women that are presenting themselves. Um, even things like on OnlyFans and things, it's for me really important that that light is brought in, um, in a way that is not adding to perhaps that darker side of where it feeds in sexually into them industries but in more of a supportive way um but yeah I totally hear you I don't even know if I I can't even remember most of my modeling days because I was that broken like that's how much I am and I ended up shaming myself for so long I didn't do porn and I didn't do open leg but I did do playboy so I did do naked and I remember I wouldn't even want to go back and look at any photos and I was I would sit up for hours on a night just trying to eat them all I was like this isn't who I am anymore and I want them gone but through that healing work I had to face it all and when I started dropping my shame and judgment about what I did And when I started to learn how to accept my path, accept the decisions I'd made, accept that I can trust myself, that I will not be led on that path again because I am fully devoted to me. Um, I remember I then emailed everyone and I remember they just took the images down and before they just wouldn't. So when I was acting from this place of like scarcity and lack and shame and guilt, they weren't coming down. Mm. And then when I was like, okay, let's just try now. And I emailed, they're like, yeah, sure. I'm literally getting like waves of goose pimples down (laughs) my back. Like, like, for anyone listening, it doesn't matter what the story, the narrative is. For Grace, Mm -hmm. the narrative is around you know, these semi-naked pictures or naked pictures and, but her grace getting to drop in and alchemize and harmonize that within using these techniques that she's talked about. And once that was done and it didn't really matter anymore, but it would be a bonus then Mm -hmm. done, you know, it's like you pass the universal lesson. You couldn't have it until you pass the lesson. As soon as you pass the lesson, there you go. It's easy, you know? Absolutely. And it's owning it, isn't it? And not being ashamed of anything we've, you know, done. And I know that's hard sometimes because there was one message I got last, only last week, actually. And I was thinking about this because I was like, at one point, I just didn't think I was worthy of a good life. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was worthy of it because I've dated certain types of men 
I've used my sexual energy to get things I've wanted. I've, you know, um, manipulated sexually. I did that job, which, you know, caused me that internal pain. And so there was a really deep part of me that just didn't think that I was worthy of even godlike. Why am I worthy of that? Because I've done all these things. But again, like the message is that when you're willing to devote yourself to you, you know, when you decide to walk in service of yourself first and foremost, you are worthy of everybody's worthy of God like. Yeah. And 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 then we get to be able to have the strength to create the life that we all deserve regardless of everything that's gone on in our lives. And I just want to say to anyone listening, so it's not the job, you know, some, some people might be like, oh, being on babe station is shameful. Mm. Well, that is, I probably thought that back then. That's mm. my judgment. There's nothing about babe station that is shameful. So like I have a client now who is a conscious stripper and Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, working with OnlyFans and she's a healer, like she's fully in her power and she's there to bring the light, exactly what we're talking about. And she's seeing how, you know, this is a spiritual, this is a spiritual experience for these people that they get to receive and have an upgrade from. You know, it's not that any of it is shameful. It, but then there is shame from it, you know? And so it's just worth noting here, like whatever you have done in your life, like, and when I sit with people on retreats, you've probably seen this yourself, Grace. When people will come and they're like, I have a story. I have a secret. Mm. I have something that I have never told anyone. And I already know what it is. I can tell by their energy what it is. So they don't even need to tell me. They're already telling me what it is. And then at some point during the week or at some point during the course or at some point during the coaching session, they'll reveal this truth that is so hard for them to reveal. It like feels like it's cracking them into a million gazillion pieces. And they're the only person in the world that's ever done this, ever felt this the amount of shame, like 10, 20, 30 years, 50 years of shame they've held on to the secret and they tell me and it it's not even a big deal to me. And I'm like, wow, like, thanks for, yeah, thanks for sharing that. And that's not even, it's not, you know, it's not like belittling their story, but like, it's like, oh yeah, you did something. It's just, we internalize things as such a big deal. And there are no big deals. Like if we just take big deal off the table, even people listening right now, you might have something going on in your life that feels like such a big deal. If you just turn the noise down on that and be like, this isn't a big deal. This is just a little thing. In a year's time, I'm not even going to be thinking about this. You know, there's no big deals. It's just like, yeah, chill. It's all just lily pads on our journey and we're just going where we need to go. And God already knew when you were born, this is the path you were going on to bring you to this incredible 
odd work that you do right now and then you're like but I'm shaming myself for it it's like no 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 you had to do it to get there and now you're here great you're on the path yeah I hear everything you just said feel it I hear it I got goosebumps because um yeah you know adding on to the back of that I think if someone is feeling you know, shame or guilt, it's it's not avoiding it at all. But I think you you nailed it by finding someone, a coach, a mentor, healer, someone you know will not judge you because they've done the work. That is the most free and healing thing, even to just be heard in your story. Because, you know, like you said, the story can be 20 million times stronger for that person than it is for me and you. But when you're going to somebody who's done that work, who's faced those things, especially shame. And, you know, I think coming from the modeling industry, you and I, you know, we have had to, I know I, my, a lot of my journey has been around healing shame, like huge amounts of shame from early, that early story where I had that um, thing with the guy in the, in the woods, in the park, like the shame of it. Um, and so when a woman is heard by a woman or many women in their story, you literally see the energy like lift out of their body. Yeah. Like you can feel the heart like expand because, oh my gosh, somebody actually is not judging me for this. Wow, what have I been doing this whole time? And it's like, it's magic. It's magical. It's really, they are magic moments. Shame and jealousy. When I have women in front of me who admit they are jealous, it's some of the most powerful healing I've ever seen and experienced with them yeah. because it's such a deep, deep wound, yeah. such a layered wound. And when they're like, oh, oh my gosh, it's okay. Like, it's okay to be jealous about that. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I've been this morning in my Infinite Self Love Coaching Academy group. We basically this week it's been revealing itself on multiple layers how some of the women in that group who are becoming self love coaches, they're triggered as fuck by me. Like they're so triggered, they're so jealous, they're so fucking pissed off. They hate me, they love me, they can't get enough. And they're like in different variations of this and I get it like I'm fine with that like they're like wait how are you okay with this like this is a secret that I hate you and I'm paying you to teach me to be like this and I'm like that's fine I get it like they're like what is that okay and I'm like yeah it's okay to be jealous underneath jealousy is a desire like if you're jealous of anyone there's a desire and that's your burning desire and I also think um, patience comes hand in hand with jealousy it's like cultivating your feminine art of patience Mm. when we're jealous we have so many different energies within like frustration that make us behave or do spontaneous things that are really not aligned in certain moments when we're triggered if we can cultivate patience in our own journey it helps with our jealousy emotion but jealousy is mega powerful Mm. super powerful and 
I'm the same as you this year. I've had people in my life saying, I need to speak to you about something. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm feeling jealous. And I love you. And I'm not going to leave you. And I'm not going to hurt you because I love you. But I just want to let you know that this is where I'm at. And I'm like, okay, you know, what do you need from me in this moment? And then can I tell you what I need from you in this moment? And it's just having such open conversations about it. But again, not shaming ourselves for having those natural emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Patience. Love that. I've never actually heard it say like that, but said like that. But that is really like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because jealousy is there's a desire to be like an aspect of that person. You know, if you see someone on, if we see someone on social media that's slaying business or slaying in partnership or just had a baby or whatever it is that you're jealous of mm. and you actually let yourself feel that. And maybe if you even name it to them and say, hey, can I share something with you? This is really vulnerable because jealousy is fucking vulnerable to share. Like, <laughs> I feel jealous of you. And I know this is because I want what you have. And that is guiding me. And like when you, when you stack on patience, cause the reason why we're jealous, it's usually like comes with, ah, I should be there. I should be doing better. I should have what they have. Like, fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> and energy. Yeah. But add patience onto that and be like, yeah, I have this desire and it's coming to me. Like, let's see. Yeah. what happens. Yeah. Love that. Whenever I get a, a feeling of jealousy come up now from anything or anyone, I I used to act on jealousy without even knowing, even as a conscious being. Sometimes I'd be like, right, that's really inspired me to the point that I'm a bit jealous. It's like I closed down my swimwear company, but I saw a friend of mine recently go in Selfridges and I had this conversation with her and I was like, I'm jealous because I always wanted that. I said, and there's part of me that now wants to try and do that. And then that's when I stopped and I was like, hold on a minute, where is this action coming from? She can inspire me to do better in what I'm doing now. But for me to be led down a path that isn't my path, again, what I did before in the modeling, like I told you, because I was jealous of that girl. So it led me down that modeling career that wasn't my highest timeline, shall we say. Um I now look at the action and I breathe on it first. And I say, okay, what is this action led from? Is it inspiring me to do better in what I'm doing? Or is it taking me on a complete different path? Or And, and what one feels best? Because I used to make decisions through that mode that were not my life path decisions. So mm. I think it's just taking that, that patient breath and coming back to the body and just yeah let's let's take one of those right now grace (laughs) (sighs) patient breath what a you should patent that that is a good (laughs) little gracism (laughs) grace tell me everything you know about womb healing womb wisdom mary magdalene in three minutes Right, okay, three minutes. Okay, well, um, let's go with that. Um, I discovered my path just with Mary Magdalene womb healing 
it was God that led me. I didn't set out to find her. She came to me. Um, looking back at my life, I know that I was destined to, you know, be on the Magdalene path, especially around the sexual energy. Very, very short brief around Mary Magdalene is um, that she was the beloved of Jesus, Yeshua. And they had a sacred child as well, which not many people know about. And their teachings and healings together and unification were really important. But a lot of her work was actually taken out of scripture. Um, I know that there were parts that were taken out that were buried in Egypt that had been rediscovered. And she was then portrayed as a prostitute. And since then, I think the Catholic Church have apologized for that of her. But she was a healer, just like you and I, just a beautiful feminine divine healer who had many, many beautiful teachings. And most importantly, she, she I wouldn't say fought for where she got to, but she always stood in her light. And she always followed that path, that devotion to herself and carried it on. And so when it comes to the womb healing work, um, she is like, I'd say she's like the goddess of that, isn't she? She is the beautiful rose. She is the sequence. She's the dance. She's the deeper healing. And she's the, the strength, I think, that we can cultivate through her amazing teachings and the beauty and the essence and the smell and all the pleasurable things in life. She's just amazing. And um, yeah, I think that I always say this, like prayer is what got me through my childhood. Meditation is what saved me. And womb healing is what elevated me. So mm -hmm. when I dived into my womb healing, that was the most powerful transformative thing I ever did and still do every day. And when we get a relationship with our womb, with our deepest divine cosmic universal energy which is forever unfolding it's an absolute infinite carriage of love there is so much we can hold and birth in there um, when we start to really understand the power of our womb that's when life changes because it's a carriage of infinite love I call it a carriage like this bowl of infinite love and um it's yeah it's a a creativity portal and um, it's just really divine obviously we could talk for hours about womb healing but when you truly tap into that you bring something back online um that so many of us has forgot you know so many of us have had to forget through you know being women and and you know being in these masculine dominated lives that we've all lived in mm. so I think stepping into the power of the womb is truly the deepest self-love that you can give to yourself yeah. being in that power of being a woman is there's nothing else that comes close to feeling that sensation wow wow grace this is so good so juicy 
Yeah, I love what you just shared there about Mary Magdalene. Like you really succinctly got a lot into that. <laughs> well done. I'm like, you've got three minutes. Let's have it all. <laughs> and um, for any of you that were following me, I actually went to Mary Magdalene um, Temple in Egypt. Have you been? No, not yet. <laughs> oh, there's a reason why so many goddesses are being called to Egypt and this is really it exactly what Grace just shared like the incredible healing and yeah just in case any woman listening has forgotten we have a freaking magical trapdoor to another realm inside of our womb and we have an organ that can create a physical human out of it and we have so much power between our legs like our pussies are literally can heal people in one second <laughs> it can initiate a man into like a higher timeline like it's just incredible what we can do as women with our pussies yeah and our wounds and i think as well if you are someone listening who's resonated with the beauty in the conversation and the sexuality in the conversation or any of the wounded energy around beauty and sexuality there's probably a high chance that you had a magdalene past life or you walked the path of magdalene or you were perhaps in those red tents at those times <laughs> goose pimples and i love the fact you've got your little witch's cat next to you oh yeah you? she's great <laughs> Yeah, and I think that explore the womb if you feel like you resonate with this and explore Mary Magdalene a little bit deeper because when we can cultivate the balance in the womb from all of that energy and actually put it out into the world in whatever way it is for us, it doesn't mean you have to become like a spiritual teacher, but you just become a master of yourself through the womb energy. Um, that is you know yeah it's it's beyond there's beyond words you can't explain how it feels when you when you connect to it yeah. um and you wow. understand the potential it has yeah. oh wow grace this is so potent thank you so much for this journey that you've been on thank you for being vulnerable and sharing it with us because it takes a lot to get on here and be like this is what I used to do and this is where I've been and this is how it's you know it takes a lot of work so just really honoring you and you know every coaching session every meditation in your bath every freaking time you've been on your lounge floor begging for mercy every freaking rose you've put down as an intention every freaking piece of this massively infinite journey not just in this lifetime it's very evident as I sit with you right now like you are such an infinite soul just thank you thank you thank you thank you for doing this work for all women and being such a beautiful beacon of light of what's possible it's so powerful oh thank you I'm gonna receive it all and after this I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna receive the conversation as well and do some work to put it out there for the women as well and we said a lovely prayer didn't we before so thank you so much for having me and and believing in me as well and taking a chance on me you know and I think sister to sister woman to woman you know I think it's important to help each other and guide each other through and you know it, 
we bring each other our own memories back and you know the resonance we've had throughout the conversation which is healing for us as well right so healing so healing I feel so inspired of I'm literally just goose pimpling all over from this conversation and yeah I feel so so inspired just one last thing if someone listening is like I want to get on this Mary Magdalene path I want to like what's one thing they can do today that can give them a jump start on this path um them following you and <laughs> reading yeah, I think the one the one this most simplest thing that you can do that you already will physically understand on a logical level is your menstrual cycle I think that's the first step is to start understanding your menstrual cycle whether or not you have a cycle anymore whether or not you do not have a womb anymore you can look at the moon cycles for this start there start with just simply moving to your physical womb first something you already know um and then go quite slowly with the womb go it's a it's a powerful powerful journey so be patient cultivate that patience go slowly but start with the menstrual cycle that's probably the most powerful thing that you could start with I think through the Magdalene womb healing amazing thank you for that great well thank you grace you've been such an amazing guest really enjoyed having you on and can't wait to squeeze you in real life somewhere beautiful with a million roses around us oh my gosh that sounds so lovely (laughs) with like a blue ocean oh you in that red dress the other day as well oh you look beautiful it was gorgeous so lovely but yeah it was so lovely to be here thank you for holding space for me and, and being a safe space for me thank you for that yeah see you soon <laughs> if you've loved this podcast if you have taken anything away then do everybody a favor and please share it leave a five-star review this will help us to get noticed to get seen and for more of the right people to hear it 